<laughs> it's kind of a weird um, experience to record a podcast by yourself. I'm just sitting here by myself, feeling rather contemplative and rather meditative and starting this podcast from that space. And then I started talking. I did a little bit of like a moment where I just sort of collected myself. And then I started talking and then I was like, hi, everyone. Who's everyone? I'm sitting here by myself. Um, <laughs> thank you, Hercules. This is my new podcast. This is Hercules and I's new podcast. <laughs> and um, I had a podcast before called Utopia-ish, which was a utopian philosophy podcast. And this is Aspasia's Garden, which I will get into more about the title of it. Um, at the moment, I'm conceptualizing this podcast as a spiritual philosophy podcast for living with intention. And it is my intention to cover a variety of topics uh, micro and macro topics, personal and worldly topics with a focus on being intentional, being open-minded and being questioning. Um, and yeah, I'm being called to start this podcast. I'm in this kind of liminal space in my life right now, um, which I will explain shortly. And I've just been sitting and asking myself what I feel called to do. I feel like I've been in this void um, recently, even before this week happened. And I haven't really been clear on like who I am and what I want. I've lived so many different lives. I've embodied so many different identities. And yeah, <clears throat> at this moment, I feel like I'm just floating in the ether, kind of looking around to figure out what I'm trying to do with myself here. And I keep getting this ping um, to start a podcast. And I've been listening to a lot of podcasts this week. I um, went through a conscious uncoupling with a person who I am very much still in love with on Monday of this week. And breakups are always that kind of initiation, that catalyst that inspires you to grow in the ways that you were being complacent in before the catalyst happened and the initiation was begun. So I've been um, sitting with myself a lot and I just keep getting this ping to start a podcast. And the podcasts I've been listening to have been, it's funny how we kind of get permission to be authentic in ways that we didn't realize were okay to be authentic in. And I consider myself like a, a uniquely authentic person. I think that, um, one of the things I'm interested in getting into on this podcast is I, there's a lot of content around people pleasing, et cetera. And that's not really something that I identify with much. I think that more than anything, I've always been a little bit more of a contrarian, a little bit more of an outcast, very uh, comfortable, if not maybe a little too emphatic about conflict and disagreeing. 
So, um, it's funny to me that I would get some permission from other podcasts I'd been listening to, to be authentic in new ways. But one of those ways is, um, I've been listening to the Mark Groves podcast. He's a pretty well-known relationship podcaster, uh, and Instagrammer. And he was, he does these solo episodes and a lot of my episodes from my first podcast were solo episodes. I do have like a fear <laughs> of trying to get podcast guests. So I'm going to be kind of chronicling my journey of overcoming that fear um, and taking that leap during this podcast. Uh, but for now, these first few podcasts will be solo episodes, but I actually really enjoy his solo episodes. And one of the things that he does there and that he speaks openly about, I think one thing I've loved recently is that a lot of people whose podcasts I've listened to have discussed their process of how they want to go about their podcasting while they're giving their podcast. I'm going to, um, have a little drink because my mouth is dry. I'm here. I'm drinking. a moment, which is, um, like an adaptogenic beverage. It's not sparkling. This one's spiced mango flavor. And I recently decided to, uh, quit or like mostly quit a kind of evening wine habit. I just feel like wine is expensive and not beneficial <laughs> to my body. So, um, I've started drinking these like adaptogen beverages. So I'll be drinking that. Maybe you'll be drinking something with me. Maybe it's your coffee. Maybe it's your wine. Um, and I also forgot to mention that I set an intention for this podcast. I had a little meditative moment before I started recording. Um, and my intention for this podcast is love. And there's a variety of reasons for that. Not the least of which I already started telling you about. Um, but yeah, Mark Groves was very emotional on his podcast and very personal on his podcast. And I thought I can do that. You know, um, I find this interesting. I'm compelled by that. And I'm going through a really challenging period in my life right now. And I want to participate in the dissolution of the facade that we have been encouraged to hold in social media and this kind of world of visibility that we've all been kind of living in since social media began. I want to contribute to being really real and authentic and vulnerable. And I'm comfortable with that. You know, I think before I'm comfortable with it, but I'm like, will people want that? Will they care? And, uh, I think there will be someone, some people who will, you know, because it's my intention to really share the journey of my growth and the journey of my questioning and other people's questioning. Um, I've been a questioner all my life. I've always questioned what other people assume, but in this last eight months of my life, um, when I've been in the beautiful container of the deepest relationship that I've had, I've been questioning my questions and questioning those questions. I have questions on questions. And um, 
today I was taking a walk. So I'll really quickly, before I launch into this anecdote about my walk, I'll just say that I also was given permission by uh, Amy from the Desire on Fire podcast to not plan my podcast episodes and just go with the flow and see what comes out and see what wants to come forth. And um, earlier today, I was having a walk. Earlier this week, I was listening to a To Be Magnetic podcast where they had on a woman whose first name is Margaret. I can't remember her last name. And she wrote a book about wonder. I'll leave it in the show notes. And she was talking about wonder being a very important emotion that doesn't get a lot of emphasis. We, we look for happiness, et cetera, et cetera. But wonder is really something that um, can transform the way you experience all different aspects of life. And I agree with that. I think I've always naturally been a pretty kind of like, wow, life is crazy type of person. And I've always, uh, coming from a background in theater and acting, I've always really appreciated like the depth of emotions. And I think that my former partner would tell you he was pretty impressed at how comfortable I am feeling my emotions like fully. So with that in mind, I was walking Hercules and I thought, well, let me do like a wonder seeking activity. And on my way home, I took a different way. And, um, funny, I'm diffusing two anecdotes in my mind. So hopefully I'll circle back to my point, (laughs) but, um, I went a different way and, oh yeah, I remember this now. I saw a sign on this gymnastics studio. I'd never walked this way before and behind it instead of in front of it. And there was a sign that said, there's more than one way to look at things. And it was a photo of a child, like kind of bent over with their head upside down. And I knew when I saw that sign that the universe wanted me to see it. And one thing that I didn't do on my previous podcast was talk about more spiritual things because it was important to me not to alienate people who are more cynical about things like that. But on this podcast, it's my intention to be extremely honest and upfront about all of the influences that contribute to my worldview. And so I currently... I've been studying manifestation for a couple of years and I really resonate with a particular style of manifestation, a particular kind of process, um, by Lacey Phillips called to be magnetic. And I really believe that like when you're in alignment with yourself, these synchronicities show up for you. And so it, I felt the weight, I felt the significance of walking and taking like just following my intuition to take a different path. And then seeing this sign that said, there's more than one way to look at things. It's likely that I'll cry on this podcast. Um, when my former partner and I got together, we didn't think that we would be able to date because we had very different worldviews. A lot of people close to us are familiar with this story. And we really challenged each other in the early days of our relationship. We really challenged each other to question our worldviews. I went from being 
I had been non-monogamous for like 10 years and I became monogamous during our relationship. Um, and that's a really interesting story that I definitely want to dive into on another episode. Um, so, you know, I, I consider myself to be a pretty open-minded person. And yet I think that the relationship that I've been in has really highlighted my rigidity and it's really confused me. And I think it's, you know, one thing that's important to me is to come to this space. And this is ultimately what I'm getting at, uh, with this anecdote is to come to this space and not necessarily put forth opinions, but really invite us all to sit in the nebulousness of uncertainty and ask open-ended questions and compare paradoxical seeming truths and kind of just accept that sometimes there isn't a clear answer. Um, I've been faced with many, many situations like that recently. So I saw this sign during my walk that said, there's more than one way to look at things. And I really thought about my partner and I really thought about the ways in which I didn't try to understand his perspective enough. So that really impacted me. And then interestingly enough, later, I my neck was really hurting. So I picked up, I went to my little library, closet library, where I keep all my books, and I found Louise Hayes' You Can Heal Your Life, which I haven't completed reading, but there's this little index in the back where you can look up different parts of the body. And there's a little short answer of like what it means when you're having issues with that part of the body. And lo and behold, the neck was inflexibility and like an inability to see different perspectives. And I was like, wow, this is so weird. This is, I, I wouldn't normally think of myself as being someone who's rigid in my perspective, but, um, you know, there was definitely some interesting conflict, perspective conflict in my relationship that I want to get into maybe in this episode because I was just writing, I've been writing letters to my former partner to kind of soothe um, the impulse to kind of connect with him. You know, you, you have a relationship with someone, you live with someone, you talk to them all the time, and then all of a sudden you're not talking to them so much and it feels hard not to feel connected to them, at least for me. Um, and so I was writing him a letter. I was having some realizations and rather than barrage him with texts, which I'm sure he would not appreciate right now, I just uh, was writing a letter and I was making a lot of really interesting discoveries about um, things that I hadn't, like perspectives that we discussed in our relationship that I hadn't really been willing to entertain um, that I now am looking at again, from this kind of nuanced, like, oh, I don't know what the right answer is. It feels like this big question, but I maybe want to become a person who sees things more in the way that you did. Um, and I know this is like really vague, but I'm a little nervous to get too far off track. So let me just finish this point about my walk and this, this message that I was getting from the universe, like repeatedly today of that I'm being inflexible. Um, I just thought to myself, well, like, what if I did an exercise where I just tried to express as few opinions as possible, right? Like, what if I just spent a whole day or a whole week or a conversation just not making any statements, not, you know, what if I spent more time just 
wondering and asking questions and really made an exercise of like, what would it look like to not assert anything? Um, I'm usually pretty good about asserting things with like a certain healthy degree of skepticism, but still, I think this is an interesting exercise. I may try it. And if I do, I'll tell you guys about it. Or if you try it, you can let me know. Um, but yeah, I'm interested in, in, in seeing what it would look like to be in this space of the podcast and put forth a lot of questions and not so many opinions. So that's something that I'm interested in. Um, so that's that point. And Yeah, I think I'll save that other conversation about the letter that I was writing to my former partner for another podcast or later this podcast. But in this moment, because it's the first episode, I will just talk about what this podcast is going to be. Um, first of all, it's so nice not to have like a video element because my old podcast I videotaped. And you have to have the lighting and you have to look good. And this time I'm just sitting here. I feel so much more free because I don't have to like look at the camera. I don't have to worry about what time of day it is or having a light on. I, my hair is in a ponytail. I just came back from the dog park. Like, you know, um, we're just having a casual chat, you know, just having a casual chat with our friends. So Aspasia's Garden. Um, this is an interesting, this is a, a concept that has sort of been a thread through a lot of my work throughout my life. Um, I did my undergraduate degree in philosophy and then I studied classical music. Uh, I did a master's in opera and I can, then I started to kind of write my own shows and I ended up writing a play and I discovered a long time ago, I don't even know when, maybe it was when I was in college studying philosophy, but I discovered a historical figure named Aspasia of Miletus. Um, arguably her name is pronounced Aspasia, but I've been calling her Aspasia for a long time. So that's what we're, what we're going with. And she was the lover of the famous statesman Pericles, who you've probably heard of. And what I liked about her is she was this figure of this intersection of intellectualism and sensuality. And she was a citizen. I, I actually did an episode where I explained this in my previous um, podcast, but I'll do it again. So if you've heard this before, I apologize. But she was a citizen in Athens at a time when women couldn't be citizens. She uh, was an immigrant from Miletus. And she was art potentially, arguably, there's a lot of uncertainty around her as a historical figure. There's a lot of hearsay. Um, most of the documentation about her is playwrights kind of mocking her. So it's hard to know like what's true and what's just rude conjecture. But she, I like her because she was very influential at the time she was a sort of free agent, if you will. She was, she was Pericles' lover. They lived together. They had kids, but they weren't married. She was 
maybe might have been a hetera, which was the name of the play that I wrote, um, which was sort of like an ancient Greek courtesan. They were, but very well-respected, important figures in society, very high-level uh, women who capitalized on their sensuality and their intellect to have status in society. And I've always been really fascinated by that concept. I've always been really fascinated by women who were born into a society that really allotted them no privileges at all, who were able to use the intersection of their intelligence and their sensuality to gain some status and some respect. So Aspasia became kind of a muse of mine. And um, the stories about her include that she was so influential in politics at the time because Pericles respected her so much and listened to her advice so much that multiple wars were blamed on her, um, you know, because she's supposedly he would make decisions and the playwrights would say, oh, Aspasia, you know, got him to do that or whatever. But she was also considered to be an extremely talented rhetorician and conversationalist. Um, it's been said that Socrates got a lot of inspiration and a lot of his ideas from her. And she was a, a very early adopter of the sort of salon culture, which I'm really inspired by, which is like people would come to her home and they would engage in intellectual discussion. And um, she was this incredible hostess and had so much charisma and I've just always been really inspired by that archetype of what I call like the philosopher courtesan or the the woman who's hosting a salon and she's got this kind of feminine power and also this incredible intellect that's respected in her community. And there's a painting that I use um, in my newsletter that I haven't published in a while. I have a, a newsletter called the Sunday Salon that maybe I'll start publishing again. But to be honest, I kind of want to just speak. Um, I think one thing I'm really exploring right now in my searching through the void for like my purpose is what feels really easy and really good. And writing and editing feels kind of cumbersome, but sitting here and speaking feels a lot more doable. I set myself up in a way that feels more comfortable than my previous setup. I, and I think another thing, as a as a side note, I, <laughs> I consider myself the queen of tangents. Um, Mark Groves had a podcast with Francis Weller, who is definitely, I predict, will be a huge influence on me at this time in my life right now. Um, and in that Francis Weller is talking about initiations, which I was kind of alluding to earlier in this conversation with myself. <laughs> um, he talks about initiations and he says a lot of things that really align with the beliefs that I have in my utopian philosophy, which I'll get into in the future about the ways in which our society has kind of robbed us of a lot of the primary meaning making qualities that we evolved to experience as a species. And so now we're sort of living in this society that isn't really serving our fundamental needs for meaning and purpose and fulfillment. And one of those things is the initiation that sort of forces the members of the society, usually men actually, to become fully fledged adult members of society. And the point that he makes in that is that that is not a process that you go through for yourself, for your own personal growth. It's a process that you go through in order to serve 
the collective and your community. And he talks a lot about individualism as a poison um, and a problem. He thinks individualism is the primary problem in our society. I used to say that it's capitalism. Um, I'm questions on questions now, so I really don't know, but I'm, I'm open to learning and thinking more about this. Um, but it really got me thinking about the ways in which my individualism have prevented me from serving. Like I've resisted the work that I could be doing in the world because I'm so afraid of people's judgment of me or a failing or I'm still unpacking the fears that have prevented me from really stepping into um, the work that I feel that I'm, I'm here to do and really committing to it. Um, and those, that's something I'd like to talk about here. There's a really big, uh, a big part of the work that I do with TBM is unblocking limiting beliefs and things like that. And I want to speak really openly about that. I think that's really important topic to discuss. Um, but one of the things that drove me when I was setting up my comfy little podcast recording setup here and making the decision not to videotape it and just kind of making all of these decisions that would grease the wheels for myself and really following the calling that I felt was it's time for me to stop being so selfish and self-centered and afraid of how I'm going to look or what people will think of me and start just serving others and doing work that I feel will serve my community and my society. Um, so here I am, that's my intention. And so, you know, back to the point of Vespasia of Miletus in my newsletter, I use a photo. I was using a photo of a painting that frankly, I'm amazed that I keep being able to circle back to my original point, not known for being great at that, but, um, thank the gods. So the painting is called Alcibiades, who was like a mathematician from that time. Alcibiades seeks Socrates in the house of Aspasia. So it's basically Alcibiades, these, this, uh, mathematician who was a contemporary of Socrates and Aspasia is looking for Socrates and he goes to Aspasia's house to look for her. And in the painting, it's the sort of backyard, like it's a sort of covered patio surrounded by plants. And Aspasia is reclining there with probably one breast out. I don't know. I'm recalling the, the painting from memory, but, um, a couple of years ago, I was like, I'm going to start my own salon. And I'd really like to do that again. Uh, and I called it Aspasia's garden because I imagined that that's where she hosted these incredible conversations. And then this last six months or so, I started to get this ping that I wanted to start a website called Aspasia's garden, where I would write about my philosophy. And I would also maybe craft things with my hands. I've really been feeling like I want to be making things and doing more physical work, um, I've been getting more into design as well, like interior design. And I've been thinking a lot recently about wonder led design and soul led design. And anyway, I'm, I'm interested in creating this kind of like digital salon space where we can express our intellect and our sensuality. Oops. I forgot to turn the air conditioning off. So hopefully that's not too annoying for you. Um, a space where we can express our and explore our 
intellect, our intellect and our sensuality, um, and the many different facets of living a really intentional and questioning life. And so that's why this podcast is called a spacious garden, because I think of it as a sort of salon where we'll be unpacking the many wonders and questions and topics that there are to unpack about being a human and, um, you know, having an inquiring mind and living with intention and questioning things. So that's a spacious garden. And I'm Allie. And I think I'll probably close this episode soon. Um, but maybe I'll just share a little bit more about me. I'm from California and I already told you what I studied in school. Um, I have a dog named Hercules who you heard earlier. I have a cat named Ostara who you'll probably hear some other time. Ostara is the Teutonic goddess of springtime. The Teutons were like ancient German, Germanic peoples. I'm really interested in mythology. I was like a practicing Norse pagan for 11 years. Um, and I'm in a place in my life right now where I'm really interested in more community building of really struggled with my sense of belonging. Um, I'm an only child. My parents were separated when I was growing up and I was just like alone a lot. I didn't have a lot of neighborhood friends. There wasn't, there weren't really any kids playing in the street in my neighborhood. Um, no siblings. My parents never had any other partners. And I think I just developed this kind of belief that I'm alone, you know, and that other people don't understand me. I've always been quite, uh, combative of a personality. And so, um, I think one thing that I'm working on is my sense of belonging, my sense of community. And there's a beautiful thing that Francis Weller said, where he was talking about people who feel like they don't belong. And he said, well, at one point you have to step up and you have to become the person who creates the home for other people to come and belong to. And so I think that's my other intention with this podcast. You know, one of the, one of the conflicts that, um, was arising in my worldviews with my former partner that I will address now is that I struggle to feel, um, yeah, I don't know. I sometimes would struggle with feeling like in conflict with others or like an outsider or, um, that people didn't understand me, et cetera, the things that I had just mentioned. And, you know, he was always asking me to have more understanding and more compassion and more, uh, you know, seek. He, he told me something from what's that book called? seven habits of highly effective people, um, seek to understand before being understood. I think that's really, I've sat with it. I have conflict with it. I have conflict with a lot of different ideas. I think very rarely is an idea completely true, but I think that, you know, one of my intentions with this podcast is to really rehabilitate my sense of alienation from other people and my community. I tend to be quite like, I only let in the people who can tolerate my eccentricities and 
who can love me despite the fact that I'm very direct. You know, and I used to think that that was like a, a kind of a, um, like an ethical judgment. Like, well, I believe that you should be tolerant of people who are very direct. And there is absolutely a part of me who agrees with that, but there's also a part of me who understands the value and practicality of understanding other people and comforting them and having compassion. And so I'm sitting in this space of inner conflict where I just don't know what the truth is. So I'd like to seek it with you guys. And that's what we're doing here. So with that, I'll say thank you for listening. And I hope to bring you more adventures and wondrous thought provoking conversations and experimentations in what it is to be living this human experience and feeling all the things and finding our way in the dark together. So thanks. See you next time. Thank you.